This Wellness Couch podcast is brought to you by The Wellness Breakthrough. Three days and two nights with nine of your favourites from The Wellness Couch all gathering together in Melbourne for one incredible event. We can't wait to see you there. Go to www.thewellnesscouch.com for details. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wands Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Christoph. And this is the Wands Guys Show, a weekly show dedicating brain wellness into our lives. And today we are without our special friend, Brett Pill. Uh, special. Just me and you. <laughs> just me and you today, buddy. He is special. He is very special. He's special. Special in many ways. Mm-hmm. Many ways. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. And we've, we obviously spent a lot of time um, in Sydney with Brett the other day, and, uh, and he was exercising up a storm. And uh, so were we, man. Everybody was uh, putting the effort. Thanks, thanks a lot to all you Wellness Guys fans. Uh, yeah, thanks for, so much uh, for through these air squats. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks so much. It was great. And uh, and what a, what came of that was that there was no video evidence that I actually had done any exercise. So I've a number of people questioning whether or not I did it. Well, let me just tell you that when I flew to New Zealand, I couldn't walk the very next day, and the next day after that, on the Sunday, I went wakeboarding and couldn't stand up on the wakeboard, so I really just got dragged around the pond instead of actually standing up face first, because I had no strength in my legs, so yes, I absolutely did them, and I was the one who instigated the 100 push-ups, because I felt I could smash them, but anyway, Lawrence won on that one, so... Lawrence. Yeah, well, there's definitely no evidence of pictures or videos of me, because I finished first, you lazy... <laughs> but we came out and uh and as we said lt what are you doing you go 299 300 and that was it <laughs> finished <laughs> so we can only presume that you did it it's amazing with your porcelain skin and your perfect hair you still didn't break a sweat so i don't know if you did them all or not all right whatever all right guys well listen um there's been a lot of chatter on our facebook page uh, has weeks and uh we want to really kind of focus uh since i have you here damien uh, as our you know nutrition guru uh on the wellness guys and we thought we'd just do one particular podcast on this particular topic is because man the uh, comments were flying left right and center and i just want to make sure that we get this right we have a comment from us um and so well, actually just from you and so, so <laughs> we won't really understand um what this is about because there's obviously a lot of confusion i mean we yeah. talked about this we've been interviewed, interviewed you know yeah. the man the yeah. man himself Peter yeah. Diamano, um who um who who was know, that talk- Peter Diamano? Diamano? Peter Diamano? There we go. You're supposed to be making fun of Brett, not me today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the show. <laughs> it, was just that it just didn't sound right. I just Dr. wanted to Dr. make sure. You know, what what we're talking about the same guy. That, that's, how, that's, how we, that's how I know him. That's how we talk. You know, it's Peter. Peter to me. Peter. But uh, anyways, I think if you uh, haven't heard that episode, I think you should go back uh, and to listen to that episode. But you know, Damien, um, let's talk about this. So there's, th- let's put it in the context. There was a post uh, that we po- posted up on the Wellness Guys Facebook page um, back on January 21st. If you want to go see that post, yep. um, it's been it reached over like 17 over 17,000 people. It was almost 18,000 people reached, yep. and uh, there was a lot of comments. And so basically, it was on you know, have you tried the blood type diet approached? Um, yeah. And what do you think of this concept? And it basically listed all the foods based on your blood type, you know, the O, A, A, uh, sorry, B and A, B, and what foods that you shouldn't be having uh, or what things that you, um, I guess, what do they call it? Uh, You know, 
things that are highly beneficial, depending on your blood type, things that are neutral, uh, foods that act like a food, uh, and uh, things to avoid, and food acts like a poison. Um, so, and then there's a lot of chatter because a lot of people going like, oh my God, you know, there's all the things I couldn't eat, da, da, da. So before we start to get into that, Damien, yes, yes. quickly explain to us what the blood food um, diet is about, yep. and then we'll go into some of these comments. All right, the blood type diet was a eating program that started off with Peter Diadamo's dad. And Peter Diadamo's dad actually acknowledged and he recognized that certain foods affected different people in different ways. And he's, he set out to explore whether or not it was to do with, um, you know, something to do with histamine. And so he checked for this pre- the presence of something called lectin. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, right? Because I want to just cut to the chase. So he acknowledged that there was something called lectin in foods that stimulated a response called histamine in the body, which is an immune response, albeit subclinical, very low-grade histamine response um, in the body that initiated an inflammatory response within the body, um, causing the body to respond either negatively, not at all, or positively in terms of growth. And so we talk about stress, you know, from a chiropractic perspective or from you know, a neurological perspective or any medical perspective, stress is something that either challenges the body in a good way or challenges the body in a bad way. And so what Peter's dad set out to look at was whether or not certain foods would affect certain types of people. And he just happened to classify these people according to their blood type. And it just happened to be that there was within these blood types, there was actually even more subsets of what he then called secretors or non-secretors. And it went further and further and further. But the simple press, um, uh, the, the, simple print, the simple principle, I just had a, 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 a murd walk up, um, was that people could eat certain foods and it benefited them and other people couldn't eat those same foods. And what it turned out to be, according to the blood type thing, was that certain blood types were more sensitive to certain foods than other blood types. They then went on to discover that there was a whole list of foods that really negatively affected some blood types, and there's a whole list of foods that positively affected some blood types, and they just classified it, just according to the simple secretion of histamine. Really simple, not complicated at all. That's all it was. Okay, fantastic. And, and there's a comment here by Andy. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name because I don't do that very well, obviously. So Andy, my friend, <laughs> it's, uh, and he talks about he's been following uh, Peter's work for almost 10 years now. And it's not just about blood type. It goes a lot deeper than that, what you just said. And this is why it sounds uh, you know, born for a lot of people. And he actually wrote, what, 18 books, right? Um, with, you know, by but following the most important ones and follow each book two or three months uh, to get to know yourself. And, you know, some of the books were eat right for your blood type, live right for your blood type, change your uh, genetic destiny. So there's a lot of stuff out there. So there, obviously there's a bit of confusion because, you know, people are taking uh, a context of just this one page, right? Um, looking at this one page and saying, oh my God, I, these are the foods I can't eat. So it's either, I, I think that most people kind of look at this and go, there's a couple of reactions. One, oh, I'm eating okay. Two, oh my God, this is too hard. I'm not doing it. Three, I'm so confused, right? So those are, the, I think, the three reactions that people get. So yeah. let's look. Do you want to kind of, you know, maybe um, go through some of the, the myths that people are kind of sprout, sprouting about these, the type of on this page, on this diet, and, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and sort of like figure out, you know, what should people take away from this? Like you obviously explained it now. Where, sh- where should people go with this now? Well, the number one thing to remember is that the lists are broken up into two, two, two lists. One is the list that 
um, is to avoid and the other one is the list to actually eat more of. Now these are only suggestions. Now it's not an absolute and the one thing about nutrition is that everyone needs to understand is that all nutrition, everything to do with nutrition, the whole lot, 100% is all theory. There's not one thing that's proven to be true and correct. Now I know that'll ruffle the people who follow paleo and I know that'll ruffle the feathers of the people who follow vegan or the people that follow anything else in between. But the point to be is that not one size fits all. So what we're trying to establish here is a model or a working, I suppose, a working approach to a selection of foods that have been shown to be either beneficial or not beneficial to each of us. And so it, whilst it's not black and white, you can use it as a really good guide. Now, I'm O-type blood and I love avocado. Now, I saw that there was someone who totally dismissed the blood type program because it said avocado was bad for them and they said well this must be ridiculous I'm not going to have this at all how could that be how could avocados be bad for me and look the long and the short of it is that avocados definitely have benefit and and that is great they won't be good for every single person on the planet much the same as coconut oil is not good for every single person on the planet much the same as almonds aren't good for every single person on the planet and much the same as broccoli is not good for every single person on the planet there's not one size that fits all but what you can take away from it is that there's a list of foods that we know are beneficial for the most part for your blood type and then from that there might be some things that are in the list to avoid it doesn't matter if you have a couple of those things to avoid. We're not saying you've got to be 100%. What we're saying is use this as a model, as a template, as a framework to live a primal healthy life, a primally healthy life, which would include exercise, mindfulness, chiropractic, meditation, sleep and rest, as well as good food, good nutrition. You can use this part as your model of an approach to eating foods that are going to be healthful for you and then avoid the ones that are most likely to be detrimental to you. Now, you don't have to avoid them 100%. But if you avoid them more often than not, you're going to notice the difference. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for the O's, uh, I think uh, Barbara Chandler talked about those. Uh, she listed uh, coconuts, strawberries, mushrooms, avocado, cauliflowers, all bad for O's. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, in those categories, yeah. it seems like it's, a, you know, you know what we've been taught. It's, uh, it's good food. So it's, I can see how this can be really deceiving uh, in the sense of not deceiving, I guess, but confusing for a lot of people. Um, and, uh, and, and that's why there's probably a lot of people just going to go like, I don't know what to do now, you know? Um, but there's also this one comment on soy. Um, cause I think there was, soy. it was recommended as one of the food. Um, that's right. so obviously this was written, you know, a long time, time ago. ago. Yep. Yeah. So obviously there's uh, needs to be, you know, obviously updated, but yep. your comments on soy, just so that people know, you know, whether they should or shouldn't. Yes, absolutely. So the thing with soy is that, and as I said before, nutrition is all theoretical. And if you came to the Wellness Summit, you heard me say that 10 years ago or 20 years ago, we said that soy was good. And now we'd say that soy you need caution with. And maybe in 20 years time, we might say that soy is bad. But at the moment, we're saying that there's some groups of population that actually respond really well to soy. And it's actually highly beneficial, particularly for those women who don't manufacture enough estrogen, soy can be really beneficial. And I'm not saying to go and eat all the processed soy product that's out there and not to find foods that add soy lecithin or soy protein genistein to, you know, to bulk it up or whatever. I'm not saying find those things, but having some edamame or maybe some fermented tofu in the form of tempeh um, or even you know fermented soy sauce like tamari, for example, you know, these things aren't going to kill you. Uh, and and much to the the 
fear-mongering disgust that some people might actually have by saying that soy is bad and is toxic and could kill you, you know, many people might fall off their seat when I say that you don't need to do that. You don't actually need to be that scared of these sorts of foods. My grandfather, who's 97 at the moment, who's in great fitness and great health, albeit he's got a, you know, a, a walking stick and the doctors put him on drugs a couple of years ago because he was old enough to be on drugs. He's been eating tea and toast his whole life. So <laughs> my, my thing is that it's not only about food, it's about re- decreasing the amount of stress from looking at the foods that you're about to eat and, and stop stressing out about it and eat foods that are more likely <laughs> to actually help your body rather than actually to hinder your body. That's my point. I think that's funny because when you think about it, like people are stressing about the food, like that this so chart, much. which is causing more inflammatory response than the food itself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, right? Like, come on, guys, let's get serious about this. Hey? It is kind of funny because I mean, obviously, you know, nutrition or even health in general, like, you know, we talk about this over and over again, um, that health in general really is about, um, it's about a combination of things. And it's funny how, you know, the big, brothers or you know the big companies would kind of look at a, a study and look at the asians right <laughs> like look at us asians and say well they you know they're, <laughs> totally. they're in a certain you know, the, you know the chinese population uh must be you know they're young they look they're, they're healthy and and they live longer let's see what their diet is and then they find the one thing right yeah you know, they say it's soy it yeah. must be soy <laughs> not the rice or not whatever they're having it must oh, be no. soy. Oh, and then, so then they, they just say soy is now the superfood and it's i think that's kind of funny because this is never going to stop. It's always going to continue. It's always. always there's always going to be a new food, a superfood for la- that will last maybe two or three years or something, and then it'll be the next one. Because, yeah. you know, it's just like news, um, the newspapers or the, or the news that you watch is that they got to find something. Otherwise, you know, you wouldn't watch. Yeah. So uh, I think so. It's it's very you know the wellness guy's always been about um, promoting healthy eating about having variety, but it's not always just about food, right? We talk about, you know, we talk about, you know, having a great mental mindset, you know, decreasing the, your, you know, thought process and having great strong belief systems mm-hmm. to help you decrease inflammatory responses. We talk about exercise and the movement patterns. Do you have to go run marathons all the time? No, I don't think you have to. Um, you know, it's about just exercising and moving. So we're just promoting health um, overall. And I think that's really, really important to kind of, you know, get an understanding. And I think this, this whole post was really interesting to me to kind of get stuck in it because a lot of people just go, oh my God, I can't eat all this. But <laughs> You're saying basically it's not a hard, fast rule. It's just that you got to watch out and, and, and actually take and test yourself, I guess, because some people are going to react a lot more too. Like well, I definitely. Know. You know, like think about the A-type blood person. When they get told that they can't have all their soft, white, fluffy stuff that they've got the love affair with, you know, the thing that is going to give them a cuddle at night time, it's their block of chocolate or their big loaf of bread or whatever it is. When you tell an A-type blood person they've got to cut that stuff out, they're going to cry. They're not going to be happy about it. A-type blood people have a love affair with their food. Like They love it to bits. And when you've got to go and tell someone that they've got to cut out some stuff, for example, Jacinta, when you found out that you were type A blood, you felt like you had to kill yourself. Like It's not that bad. It's just that this is a suggestion and it's a model for which you could live by. But what I'll tell you right now is that the A-type blood people will feel the absolute best if they follow the foods that are most appropriate for them. You are the most sensitive. You are the most... Um, I suppose addictive, like, you know, you'll find food habits that you'll live and attest to and die by. It's like dying by the sword because you said that once upon a time this was good for you, you'll say that it's good for you forever and ever and ever and you'll fight tooth and nail to the death that this is actually good for you and it's okay because you love bread or whatever it is, right? So my thing is that if you're an A-type blood, I'm going to ask you to surrender a little bit and just go, ah, 
Okay, so the A-type blood person is gonna have a love affair with food is tending to be more carbohydrate heavy. There'll be some A-type blood people who aren't feeling well and they've been eating lots of heavy protein and heavy fat meals. The A-type blood person has weak, sluggish digestion. They can't handle that sort of food, so they've gotta go the lighter, easier to digest food, which is more vegetable-based, more plant-based, still have some protein, protein-rich foods, could be animal-based, but preferably white flesh, like eggs or fish. You could do some um, organic chicken if you wanted to, or some turkey, but you'll do better with foods that are easy to digest, like plants. So that's the A-type person. And Lawrence, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. Yeah, so I'm, me and my wife are, um, uh, you know, my wife and I, sorry, are, are A blood type. And, um, you know, we had this discussion when we first met you, and it's, it's interesting, definitely. There's, the, you know, the cravings or, you know, the types of food that actually, you know, that we react to. Um, and uh, so I think people are going to have to go back and just rewind that because I think it was really important what you just said um, about everything about the ACE. Now, what happens, like, you know, you are O blood type. Yeah. And uh, we definitely have different eating patterns, you know, like you, you know, yeah. the things that we eat are different. The amount that we eat is also different too as well. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the O's. So you just talked about the A's. What about yeah. the O's? What are some of the typical things that you find in an O uh, blood type person? Now, the interesting thing about the O type blood person, LT, is that the O type blood person can eat most things provided that uh, it's not processed. Like the more processed than O-type blood person eats, the uh, more fatigued they'll get. So the, the rawer, the less cooked, the more robust their meals are. So it's vegetables, um, more robust proteins. So it's lamb, it's kangaroo, you could do some beef, you could do ox, you could do um, possum or koala or platypus i'm just joking that's just that's just <laughs> for those people out in australia <laughs> yeah but it's it's you want to be having foods that are more robust like it's it's solid food like it's good robust meaty it's more primal and paleo that's the kind of approach that you want to have if you're an o-type blood person in terms of grains for the o-type blood person someone said to me the other day that grains are toxic and that they can kill you now let's get real about this we're talking about thousands of years of generations of people that have grown up on grains uh, particularly you know Lawrence raised the point before about the Asian populations that you know whether it be Indian populations or or um, Asian populations <laughs> Chinese, <laughs> both, Japanese. Chinese <laughs> Japanese Korean Koreans. Filipino Indonesian like all that you know the whole Southeast Asia sort of you know pocket has grown it's it's more than two-thirds of the world's population lives off grains, just generally, just for the most part. Now, if grains were that bad and that they were that toxic, would this would these economies be as big as what they are and would they be as smart as what they are and would they be um, outliving most of the Western world? The answer is no. Grains are not toxic. What's, what's toxic about grains is what you do to them, whether you fry them or you muck around with them or do you know all crazy things with them. Or you're consuming things that you're challenged by. And for many people, particularly in Western cultures, um, gluten is a big challenge. Now, I'm not saying that gluten is toxic. I'm saying that it's a massive challenge for the gastrointestinal system for most people on the planet because we don't contain, you know, we don't, we don't have the, the right um, genetic material to be able to digest 
um, gluten. We just we just can't do it. And so as a result, we, we find ourselves in trouble from gluten. Now, that's a whole nother thing, but the O-type blood person needs to be gluten-free. That's important. And we see that in uh, in Peter's work and, uh, and and his dad's work. And, and that's what I recommend to my people. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have gluten. From time to time, I'll be exposed to gluten. Lawrence, you and I have been exposed to gluten in the past. In fact, we, when we were in Sydney, you and Marcus and I had a little bit of gluten and uh, and I'm, right now, here I am. It's, it must be, how many days on since we went? It must be two weeks Probably now. two weeks or so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not dead, right? I'm not dead. What I did notice was that I didn't feel great after eating gluten. It was definitely a, a physiological challenge on my body that I ate some gluten. Uh, my eyes puffed up under my eyes. I definitely noticed that. And, uh, and I'm very sensitive to when I eat gluten. So you'll tend to mm. notice when I've eaten some gluten because I get really puffy eyes. And, uh, and that's my signal. I know that that's affected my body. So the O-type blood person, it's lots of fresh fruit and vegetables. Fruit won't kill you either. It does contain fructose, but it won't kill you. Um, fruit, vegetables, and salads, plus good quality, big chunks of protein with moderate amounts of fat. Now, when I talk about fat, the type of fat that's best to use is raw, uncooked fat across the board for everybody. Now, we need to do another fat episode because there's been another post about um, on Joe Witten's um, page on quirky cooking page about cooking with coconut oil or cooking with olive oil and all that sort of stuff so we need to do another another yeah we'll definitely do that one for sure got to do another yeah. one that's really important but you best not to cook with fat that's the that's just the rule like if you can you can cook with fat but it's better not to cook with fat you know if you can cook with water or cook with steam that's great and then add oil or add fat to your meal later that's way better and a much better thing to do for your body mm. um, highly recommend doing that well, there's, there's two questions. Uh, one of them, we'll talk a little bit about just after this that question because I think it's really important. We're going to talk about the Bs and ABs as yep. well. But yep. um, the question that I want to lead in from here is that you, what you just explained, you felt the difference when you had gluten, for example, so certain foods. And and so certain people, what should they be looking for uh, when they consume certain foods um, that they don't know if they have a reaction to? What are some of the signs, um, you know, that signs and symptoms, I guess, in the body that they, there is some sort of reaction or some inflammatory responses um, that could be a good indication, not, obviously not 100% without you know, doing proper testings, but at least sort of gives you an idea that, hey, maybe it's the food that you're consuming. Yeah, and it's really important. The great question. It's really important for you to understand that the response that you have won't be an allergy response, right? It, it, and it certainly won't be um, something that's going to send you off to hospital unless you're already, if you're eating something that you feel is good, even though you know you've got an allergy to it, you know. So, for example, if it says that um, tree nuts are fine for you because of your blood type, but you have a known tree nut allergy, just because your blood type says it's okay doesn't mean that it's actually okay. So that's an allergy. But a sensitivity could present with a number of different things. It could be something as simple as hay fever or a bit of rhinitis could be itchy ears or itchy back of the throat. It could be dry skin. Some people just feel more tired and sluggish. Other people will feel really burpy, bloated, and farty. You know, their digestion gets really uh, disrupted. And you can find this, you know, just with everyday foods. For example, um, Jacko, my little mate, my, my son, he had um, onion soup yesterday, and he loves onions. He, I don't know what it is about Jackson, but he loves onions. So he got French onion soup, and it was like eating onion juice, um, shredded onion, mulched onion, um, in an onion, um, kind of 
reduction sauce with onion sauce and onion jam all the way through it. Like he just ate onion. Like it was unbelievable. And he stinks even today of onion. Like we're talking 24 hours, nearly 40 hours, probably 24 hours post um, that, that time. He's got, his tummy really was affected by that. And I think most people's tummy would be affected by that. And I said to him, this is an indicator that you've overdone something. Now, that's where he's overdone onion. But you might actually feel that when you eat a food that's not right for you, that you feel like you've overdone something. And you might put it down to the glass of wine that you had. Or you might put it down to the piece of chocolate cake that you had. Or you might put it down to the ice cream that you had. But it could actually be something else in your diet. Uh, it might even be broccoli, for example, right? Or it might be, uh, you know, something something else from the cruciferous vegetable family. But you'll notice something uh, that's just not right, and it could be a fatigue, it could be bloating, it could be distension. Um, some people get swelling around the fingers; their rings will feel will feel tighter. Some people get puffy eyes, like me with gluten, for example. Some people get a coated tongue, um, and uh, and other people may not notice much at all. You know, there can be a lot of subclinical effects that. A systemic, you know, like an inflammatory response that affects the joints or an inflammatory response that affects the heart muscle, you may not actually be aware of it other than you've lost a bit of flexibility and you go, well, I better stretch more. So it, it takes some time to actually acknowledge or feel or find out what's actually happened. All right. So let's quickly go to, um, you know, the two groups that we missed out on, which are yep. the A, uh, sorry, not the AB and the Bs. Yep. So what are some of the characteristics um, that you would find with those? those guys sure well let's start with the b the b type blood people move really fast they they jump around all over the place they need to eat things that move quickly so we're talking about things that grow quickly and we're talking about things that move quickly so we're talking about um rabbit and kangaroo and turkey we're not like, the b type blood person won't respond well to things like a cow um you know they'll like spring lamb but they won't go well with um Mutton, for example, it's not good for them to eat old lambs or old sheep. It's good for them to eat baby lambs, right? Because they're young and jumping around. Things with lots of fast muscle twitch go really, really well for the B-type blood person. The same as sprouts and you know activated nuts and activated seeds and activated everything. Things that haven't taken a long time to prepare. Things that actually are you know, fresh and growing on the tree at the time. When they pick it, they eat it, they go really well. Um, where it sits around for a long period of time and they don't have um, access to it for, for for periods of time or it's sluggish in its growth phase, for example, foods that grow under the ground or foods that take a long time to grow, uh, they don't do very well from. Um, you, you've got to eat the stuff as it's freshest and highest in nutrition. That's the B-type blood person and it goes really well for them. In terms of the fat... Um, there's different fats uh, that are beneficial for the B-type blood and the A-type blood and the AB and the O-type blood. Um, I'm not just too concerned about fat because really at the end of the day, it's going to come down to macadamia oil, olive oil, coconut oil um, as, as your main ones. Um, sesame oil for some, of, for some people, sunflower oil for others. Um, but you then got to go and find out where you're getting it from. So, and that'll we'll, we'll bring that up in our oral discussion. For the AB blood person, you've got to kind of combine the B and the A program. And so, yours is probably the most restrictive eating program, but you are the newest blood type. And so, we've we've still got to try and find out more about you. But as I suppose, <laughs> more of that, you know, the more AB blood people we see, which is less than five percent of the population the the more refined this will become but 
really, if you focus on the benefits of the A and the benefits of the B and you combine that blood type, then you're pretty much on the money. But you've also got all the drawbacks of the B and the A type blood. Um, so there won't be a whole lot of food left for the AB, but you're the most resilient. You're the one that's most adaptable. You're the one that complains the least. So um, that's a good thing. All right. So, I mean, one of the major comments across the board on these comments was coconut. Okay? Yeah. And, um, you know, coconut on this list, like on this particular list, it says it's bad for everybody. Bad for everyone. Um, so <laughs> is this because it's an old list? Like, you know, I think so. Is, or is it just because, yeah, okay. All yeah, right. I think I'm so. I'm sure that's what's, uh, I just want to make sure because everybody's going to ask. So I might as well just put it in the podcast. Yeah. It's uh, now recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think it's because it's an old list. But, you know, let's put that into perspective too. Just because it's coconut and it grows on trees doesn't mean it's good for everybody. Um, yeah. And and it's good to just consider your bloodline, you know, look to where you came from. If you think that an Irishman for the last 20 generations growing up through <laughs> genetics has been exposed to um, palm palm trees with palm coconuts, trees. you know, <laughs> he's, he's probably not a real Irishman. Uh, so it, you've got to look at where your gene lines come from. I know that in the paleo model, um, there's the presumption that we haven't evolved, but on a daily basis, we do evolve. And um, we we drop off genes and we express different genes and we pass genes on to our next generation. Every single time we procreate, we, we're sending off a whole new set of genes that have paired up with someone else's genes. That's called evolution. And uh, and so we do evolve. There are some things that are part of the human um, existence, for example, the way in which our brain activates and works, and the primal functions, and our our primitive brain, and our adrenal you know function, digestive function, those things haven't changed. But our response to our environment alters on a daily basis, and it's really important to understand that just because coconut, one person said it's good, doesn't mean that it's good for everybody. It's important to know. Uh, let's keep this as a sort of the last question. I mean, obviously, we, we've been looking at blood type here, and we already just kind of said that overall, like, it's more than just the blood type. There's so many factors. I mean, you just mentioned genetics. I mean, obviously, I assume there with bloodlines and genetics as well, added to and mixed in with blood uh, type, there's going to be so many different combinations. And so, obviously, when when people are trying to prescribe health or what's a healthy eating, they're, we're trying to do it for the whole entire world, right? Like mm-hmm. genetic human race, um, this is what we should be eating. But which, unfortunately, it's very, very hard to do. <laughs> Billions of people on this earth. And so with different experiences, different genetic lines, it's going to be very difficult. So just remember like, that when, when people are trying to refine um, uh, these type of diets, it's more about really just helping you kind of simplify, you know, take all the information that's out there and simplify it into a model. Right, and whether it applies to you specifically as a person is very, very hard, and that's why you know we couldn't just come up with a wellness guy's uh, diet. Like it just would be impossible, right? It's just, <laughs> it's, just it's, it's yeah. just so. I mean, the three of us eat so differently. Yeah. You know, when we go out, like we don't choose the same thing. We're we're, we're different, and and also even our body. I mean, one of the key things too, uh, Damien, I think it's funny when you. I wasn't funny. I was very insightful when you mentioned that you. I remember walking around with you, and you go, "Oh, this guy's a no." Oh, this guy's an A, you know, this guy's a B. And it was really insightful. And, and I started doing that when I was in practice and just going, you know, you know, ask people what their blood type is. And, and I would start to guess based on their, just their, you know, their body shape yeah. and what they would be. 90% uh, of the time you're right, aren't you? It's amazing. Yeah. It was, it was just blows me away that I was actually, you know, right a majority of the time. And uh, I thought it was kind of, uh, it's not funny, but it's a really amazing how we just evolve differently and uh, how genetics really play a strong role uh, in our, um, I guess, uh, our just ability to you know digest and also process things yeah 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 look there's really, there is one comment in here that really riled me um don't and name the name. <laughs> what's that don't name the name i won't say the name but it really got me grumpy because um 
this person said that the blood type diet has been debunked. Now, seriously, mate, like there's no diet in the whole world that is actually absolutely 100% proven. Like there, there isn't one diet that is the best for everybody. And the fact that you can debunk something means that you've just ignored it. So whoever said that it's been debunked, not saying that it's the person who wrote this on the page, but the person who told you or wrote the blog that said that the blood type diet has been debunked has just been ignorant and said, well, I don't believe it, so I'm not going to agree with it. And just said, well, the science has said that it's been debunked. What they say is that there's not enough science to back it up. And they say that about a whole lot of stuff, but a whole lot of stuff in the planet still continues to work. Just because science doesn't back it up doesn't mean it's been debunked. That's what I want to say about that one. Great one. Guys, I hope you appreciate that. I mean, I think, Damien, thank you so much for your insights. It was just awesome to be able to kind of really uh, look at some of the stuff and, um, and you know, just kind of demystify, I think, a lot of things that's actually out there and, uh, you know, put in perspective. I uh, hope you enjoy this podcast, uh, this particular episode. Go join us on Facebook and, and let us know. You know, go to The Wellness Guys uh, on Facebook or The Wellness Couch. Check us out there. Why there? Like us, but comment on this particular one and say, you know, tell us what you think. You know, how, what what did you learn from this podcast? And uh, after you know reading that post and also now listening to what Damien had to say about it, uh, make sure you also share this podcast with your friends and families and other strangers that you think need a wellness update. I think uh, if we can spread these podcasts to the world, I think uh, people will be bit more have more clarity in terms of the health and wellness subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there please leave us a, a comments and a rating and uh, until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show hi it's damien christoph here 2015 marks perhaps the most important event the wellness couch has ever conducted we've had two sold out wellness summits these last years but honestly nothing will come close to our first ever wellness breakthrough your favorite wellness couch experts, the Up For A Chat girls, Quirky Cooking's Joe Whitten, Stu Hayes, Marcus Pierce, and of course the wellness guys are all gathering in Dandong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough in February. For more information, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.